I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. Today we're going to be in the book of 2 Samuel, and let's go to chapter 7 and talk about something very fascinating that David realized about his life that he had not thought of before. And I believe that as we look at this message today, there will be an extension of your prophetic sight, and you'll be able to see further into the future plan that God has for your life. And I think there's going to be some surprises for you. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word today, we do ask that your Holy Spirit would bring the necessary illumination that is required to see with prophetic eyesight. Now, Father, we thank you that there is natural vision, there is also spiritual vision. And we pray today that the eyes of our heart would be illuminated, that we can see the mysteries of your word unveiled, and even see further into our prophetic future. Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit will help us with this, and the anointing will be on your word. In Jesus' name, we pray and agree. Let's all say amen. Praise the Lord. Again, 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 8. And this would be Nathan, the prophet, the king's prophet, prophesying to David. Now therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheepfold, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel. So, from a very humble beginning, a young teenage young man named David, raised up really from obscurity to a place of great prominence, not only as a king, but as a king with the name. He's not only known in Israel, he's known all over the place because of his great exploits. So he's come a long ways. That would be kind of a mild understatement, wouldn't it, to make about David, the young shepherd boy who's now sitting on the throne of Israel. Let's continue. Verse 9, And I have been with you wherever you have gone, and have cut off all your enemies from before you, and have made you a great name, like the name of the great men who are on the earth. So David had international fame. Woo! Praise the Lord. It started primarily with his slaying of Goliath, the Philistine giant. But that was just the beginning of his very storied military career. And all of the other exploits he accomplished politically, as well as many other things. And he was very, very well known. Verse 10, Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may dwell in the place of their own, and move no more, nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them any more as previously. Now verse 11 gets into, maybe we could even call it a jolting realization of David's future, something that I believe stunned him to the point where after, after Nathan's done delivering this prophetic word of the Lord, David just goes and sits down in the presence of the Lord, and he's just overwhelmed by what he's about to hear. Verse 11, Since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people, Israel, and you could read about that, of course, in the book of Judges, and have caused you to rest from all your enemies, also the Lord tells you that He will make you a house. And that's wild. That, that was something that I really believe that David had never considered before. Now, when it says that the Lord will make him a house, that is a reference to what we would call a royal dynasty. He's going to have a legacy. So this is not talking about a building that's made of brick or stone or, you know, because he already had a royal palace and all of that stuff has been done. That was actually one of the initial signs that David was king. It says that when uh, uh, the neighboring king sent his workers, skilled workers and lumber, and built David a royal palace. David knew, okay, this thing's for real. I'm the king, and I've even got a royal palace to live in. So he's already got the physical home. This is much more. When it says, the Lord tells you that he will make you a house, that is a 
Hebrew idiom for what we know as a royal dynasty. Now, verse 12, when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And of course that would also be the central aspect of Jerusalem being the center of the earth and actually Jerusalem is. It's uh, something that the Jewish rabbis, the sages have known for a long, long time that Jerusalem, they actually call it the belly button of the earth. And if you take all of the continents and lay them out on a map, and they've even done this now with, with computers, high-tech computers, and you endeavor to pinpoint the very center of where the landmass of the uh, of the worlds or of the world or the nations are at, it's actually right there in Israel in Jerusalem. So Jerusalem is the center of the earth, and of course centered around the temple that David's son, the the continuation of the dynasty would be that would be Solomon building that temple there in Jerusalem, and the greater element of this prophecy being that Christ the Savior Himself would come down through that royal line. He would be a descendant. David, and we know that uh, would be Jesus, our Savior and Messiah. Well, that was a very, very amazing word. Uh, verse 16, And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever, according to all these words and according to all this vision. So Nathan spoke to David. Wow, praise the Lord. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that you have brought me this far? And yet this was a small thing in your sight, O Lord God. And you have also spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come. Woo! It's just amazing. It blew him away. And the thing of David being raised up from just that of a shepherd boy, uh, the, the very youngest of the brethren, and being raised to the position of being king over the nation, you would think that's enough. But that actually was just one of the stages that God had for David, a very necessary stage, something that was predestined, something that was planned out by God for David. But that was not the what we would call the finale of his life. That was not the culmination. There was more it was the establishing through David of a royal dynasty. And I believe that many of the things that you have gone through, while they have been good and there have been major events in your life, God's not done yet. There is still something yet that maybe you're not even aware of, or it could be that maybe you've put it on the back burner and toyed around with the thought of it a little bit, but you've never really taken it seriously, maybe because you couldn't quite see it as clearly as you would like. But right now, we are absolutely in a season right now of unveiling of prophetic destiny, of unveiling of the future that God has for you. And you're about to catch a glimpse, I believe, perhaps more than a glimpse, perhaps the full picture of what it is that God wants to work through you. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. This is also a time of not only getting clear insight into the future, but this is also a time where many of the former prophecies spoken over your life, uh, if it came through a prophet, praise God, or if it came through personal revelation, you just walking with the Lord, and the inward guidance of the Holy Spirit and the illumination of the Holy Spirit giving you insight into God's plan for your life. Either way, that prophetic insight, as you look back over it now, you can see that there are certain things that have been fulfilled. And that's one of the roles of the Holy Spirit. It's to help you to understand what you have already accomplished, what bridges you have already crossed, what journeys you have already completed, and what still lies ahead. And I believe that for many of you, there are quite a few things that have already been checked off the list. And even some prophecies, really, if you examine them, maybe you're waiting for them to be still fulfilled. You may want to pray on that. If you look carefully, perhaps it already has. Maybe it was fulfilled in a way that you didn't expect, 
that's something that you need to pray on. Praise the Lord. But there is a time right now of seeing into the fullness of what God has for you. Woo! Praise the Lord. And even getting clarity concerning former prophecies that have been spoken over your life. Hallelujah. This is very, very interesting. So we see that God had more for David than just kingship. If that had been all, that would have been enough. But God was seeing something even further down the line. I believe that 2021 is going to be a very special year. I'd like to share just a little bit about it. This is not a New Year's message or anything like that, but I think we're kind of dancing around this a little bit. We might as well go ahead and pull a little of the curtain back. If you would like some insight of what 2021 can be, if you'll believe God and trust Him, then I would like to share a little bit of that with you right now. Because I, I sense that you do have uh, an understanding of God's plan for your life, God's will for your life, but I think you're going to be able to see further and you're going to be able to see perhaps even uh, towards the end of where God wants you to get to. Praise the Lord. Even with David, David was given understanding that he wouldn't build the temple, but he could be involved in uh, gathering all of the resources, the materials that would be used in the construction of the building. Even after he was gone, all of that stuff was ready. He had it all set up. He was a master planner. And if truth be told, David was also, many theologians believe, a multi-billionaire. Praise God. Now, we know Solomon was. <laughs> Solomon's wealth was off the charts. But David, when you look at all of the materials that he donated, and uh, many of those items being very precious items, uh, it was unquestionable that he had tremendous wealth. Now, let's go to Isaiah chapter 54. I just want to share a few things of what we're going to be coming into in the year 2021. Because some things have been accomplished in your life, but there's still other things that need to be fulfilled, other things that you're going to step into. And I believe that 2021 is going to hold some uh, major turning points in your life. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2 and verse 3 are very crucial for your next year anticipation. Now, I want to say also, start moving towards it right now. Don't wait till January the 1st. Start moving right now towards these things. Verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent, and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Now, I hope that what you're going to do, and I trust you will, because I know that you're a word person. You base your life and the way that you conduct yourself upon the standards and the principles of God's Word. And so I, I'm praying and hoping that you're going to base your next year upon what the Word of God says and the prophetic anointing, revealing God's plan for your life, and not base it upon, upon what news reports would say, or perhaps, you know, the, the, just the, uh, the echo that's out there in the world of fear, and, uh, you know, pulling back and shutting down. So I trust you're not going to listen to that voice, because that voice screams and shouts. But I pray that you will hear what God would say can be your future, what God would say is your portion, and that you will agree with that, and that you will step into that. Praise the Lord. And you'll find that trust in God's Word will take you uphill, even if everything else is going downstream or downhill, you can be heading in the right direction, regardless of what the circumstances are. And we, we do acknowledge there are some very real negative circumstances, but God's Word overrides every circumstance, and God's Word will get you to the destination that is intended for you to arrive at. Enlarge the place of your tent, and let them, that would be you, stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords, and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand. Oh, but Pastor Stephen, what about all the stuff going on? Well, this is what the Word says, for you shall expand. So those things can still swirl and still uh, be around you, but this is what's going to be going on with you. I tell you what, 2021 is going to be a very busy year for you, for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants, ah, 
dynasty, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Praise God. I believe that the theme for the next year is a theme for the nations. I believe that the color theme is the color red, and you'll see that that will be a significant color for you going into this next year. Praise the Lord. God really wants you to have not just a national perspective. Praise the Lord. Uh, and, and that's good. Some people don't even have that. Uh, I, I do know people who have a local perspective, and outside of that, they could care less about anything else. But you need to have more than just a local perspective. You need to have a global perspective and be able to look in a pama, uh, like a panorama-type view across the earth with prophetic eagle vision and see as God would see from a higher perspective. Praise the Lord. And this needs to be not only for the sake of evangelism, but so much more, even for example, business. Because if your product will sell here, and people like your product here, and they'll buy it here, then I'll tell you right now, they'll buy it in other countries as well. Oh, no, Pastor Stephen, they wouldn't like it over there. Oh, yes, they would. Yes, they would. So you need to not just have a national vision. You need to have a global vision. Maybe not every country wants it, but I can guarantee you that if there are those here that want it, there will be people in other countries that may go crazy over it. Praise the Lord. So you need to really be open to that. And let me say this to those of you that are businessmen, businesswomen. There is a climate that is very conducive for business, even if it's not conducive for evangelism. You can go in as a business person and conduct business in some countries and use that vehicle of business as a tool for evangelistic outreach. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a pulpit minister or you could stand before a crowd and minister to them, but you can speak from your heart, your Christian faith, through a platform of business that may not be open for ministers. Praise God. There are some countries you couldn't dare go into and say, you know what, I'm here to preach the gospel, and I'm looking for a large meeting hall to hold a meeting. I'd like to lift up Jesus and lead all of you to Jesus. Well, they're going to they're gonna deny your entry into the country. But if you go in with a product, and you go in conducting business or something along that line, mm-hmm, whatever that would be, you know, so uh, they'll let you come right on in. Why? Because that includes prosperity for them. And they're all, in, they're all interested in making money or being involved in things along that line. So you need to have a global perspective. Praise God. And if, you, if I'm speaking to uh, uh, those business people right now, and I know I am, and you do have a product or you do have a, a service or an item that is a blessing here, well, then you need to build out your website in a way where it can be attainable to, uh, for others that are in other countries. And so you really need to do that. Praise God. Notice that I take the evangelistic outreach of the gospel seriously, and our website, our ministry website, is not a localized website just to cater to people that live five miles down the, down the road from the ministry. No, it's catered for people all over the world. And so if they want to connect with the ministry, they can praise the Lord. And you need to do that as well. And you'll find, just like we have discovered years back in the ministry, that when we made a, an emphasis, not just for the nation, but for international ministry, people internationally responded. And they, they come here and they partake of the teaching here from literally all over the world. And the Lord wants you to have a global perspective. Woo! Praise God. Keep that in mind, because there is some serious expansion going on next year. Isaiah 54 verses 2 and 3 are going to be leaping off the pages of the Word within your heart. Woo! Praise God. So you really need to think growth and expansion. Praise God. Mm -mm. View yourself as an international ambassador of Christ. Maybe you have to uh, do that in stealth mode in some places, uh, certain Middle Eastern countries. 
Uh, you have to be very wise in the way that you conduct yourself, but you'll find there'll be those who want to talk about Jesus. Praise the Lord. And those doors will be there. This, this is going to be a year of the nation's opening up in very, very special ways going into 2021. And so also we have Psalm 2, verse 8, that are going to be very important. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. Woo! Praise the Lord. I, I can't believe it sometimes when I talk to pastors, and they don't even stream their messages. Basically, and they don't even record them. They stand up, they preach to, the, to those that are within the four walls, and after their sermon is done, they all leave, and that word finishes right there. And I, I think, how in this modern era can you not send the message when you have the ability further than just the four walls? But there are some that maybe they just don't, they don't understand the power of the gospel, praise the Lord, or the power of God's Word. See, God takes His Word very seriously, so, so seriously that He put it in print and had it all written down. It's called the Bible. You know, I've had many visions, supernatural encounters. Well, Pastor Stephen, I have too. That's good. You know what the difference can be, though? All of mine have been written down. Pastor Stephen, mine are really important. Oh, were they important enough to write down? Oh, I didn't write them down, Pastor Stephen. I just like talking to people about them, though. Well, see, God's, God's Word is so important to Him that He had, had it recorded in a book. The, the visionary experience that I have had, the Lord told me to share those with people, because they're valid and real. When I tell you I saw the Lord, I really did see the Lord in the vision. I really saw Him. So I write those down, because they're real, and they'll bless people, and I put them in my books, and people all over the world have been blessed by that. So if you're really serious about what you believe in, it's probably going to end up in print sooner or later, praise God. And I'm working on my next book. It's almost done. It's almost done. And well, Pastor Stephen, you've had more visions. Yep. And uh, I've had some more supernatural encounters and you can expect to read about them in that book. Why? Because it's important to me. The words that I speak, the things that I share are important. So to verify that, I, I write it down. I record it. I put it into a book format. Praise God. So whether it's your website or whether it's your vision or whether it is your assignment in life, there, there needs to be something written, written, where there can be a validation of this is what I believe, this is what I, this is what I stand for. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you need to do that to go to the next level. You're going to need to do that. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. So there is an asking that needs to be involved. I remember one time, Pastor Benny Hinn told about the story when he was just starting off in ministry, and he had a vision uh, that opened up to him of the heavenly realm, and he saw what we would call the cloud of witnesses. Uh, he didn't see a cloud. He saw uh, saints. You know, I'm, I'm talking about the saints who lived in generations before, and they're, you know, they died, lived their lives out. Now they're in heaven. Well, he saw multitudes of them in heaven, and they were all shouting at him one thing. That, and he saw them, and they, they were all saying, and there were, of course, many uh, leaders and former ministers that were in that crowd, and they were saying, ask him for an international ministry, because the Lord was standing nearby. And he was looking at all of this, and they were saying, ask the Lord for an international ministry. Let me say this, aren't you glad that he did? <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. What if, his, what if his healing ministry was only local, and uh, he only prayed for people that lived in his hometown? What if that was it? What if he never traveled? What about all the people that had been saved through the giant crusades and outreaches? Well, that was because he asked. So the Lord said, ask of me, and I'll give the nations to you for your inheritance. And some of you that are in business you need to ask the Lord for an international business, that your business would go international. And by the way, if you're watching me and you're a minister, uh, 
Don't even think about doing ministry unless you're thinking about reaching beyond the four walls. Not in this day and age, praise God. You can't neglect all of the tools that the Lord has given us in this end time hour uh, with all of the resources we have through the internet especially, and television. But anybody can go on the internet. It doesn't even cost anything, and you can start streaming. You can do it with an iPhone. So any minister that uh, would not be interested in spreading the message further needs to take a little time out and meditate on Psalm chapter 2, verse 8, and really also on the Lord's teaching of the Great Commission when He said, Go and teach all nations. That's a commandment, not a suggestion, praise God. And so you may not be able to physically go if you're a minister, but you can certainly today go through the internet, which is a tool that generations before us never could have even imagined uh, the ability that, that brings to a minister. Praise God. Now, let's go to the book of Job. I want to give you something to chew on concerning what you're stepping into right now. Praise God. Job chapter 5, this would be verse 9. This is what Job said about God. It's, it says, who does great things, referring to God, who does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. Marvelous things without number. Now, God does great things. They are impossible to search out how He does it. We'll never be able to explain it all. He does marvelous things without number. And I believe that God wants to do marvelous things for you, because that's what He does. What does it mean for God to do marvelous things? The word marvelous can be translated as following, and this is what God's going to do for you. When it says He does marvelous things, it means He does things that are extraordinary, beyond or out of the common order. It also means that He does things that are rare. I like that. It also means that He does things that are not the usual course, and He does things that are special and customized. Ooh, think about that just for a moment. Why do people customize certain things? I mean, people customize their vehicles from the wheels to the, you know, the rims to the on and on that can go to engine parts. People customize their phone cases. People customize their, ladies customize their purses. It's just endless. People customize their glasses, want a different frame, maybe want a different tint. But one of these marvelous things that God does includes customization, because you're, you're different, and it's an expression of that through God's grace and God's ability. Marvelous things, things that are special, things that are customized. It means highly unusual, and it also means far more than is expected. God does marvelous things. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. God wants to do marvelous things for you, because that's His nature. Who does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. Praise God. So, God can do them without number, but you need to have some at least that you can number. Praise God. And God wants to do them in, in your life. It also means over the top, astonishing, and sensational. Woo! Praise God. Mm -mm. God's going to do these things in your life, these great things these beautiful surprises. Psalm 77, we see the same thing. Psalm 77, verse 14. You are the God who does wonders. Woo, praise the Lord. Think about that. You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your strength among the peoples. God wants to do wonders in your life. That element of beauty and wonder where people look at your life and they just kind of wonder, hmm, I wonder how they got into that. Hmm, I wonder how their life is uh, so blessed in a way where the, they're left wondering. And God wants to have that wonder manifest in your life. Get ready for it. That's what you're going to be coming into in this coming year. And as I've said before, please don't wait to uh, 
to that time where the calendar turns over on January the 1st, and then you think, now I'm going to start believing it. No, start right now. Start exercising your faith right now. Pastor Stephen, what do you mean, exercise my faith? Is there a spiritual gym I'm supposed to go to? Well, think about it like this. For those of you that are young in your faith, you released your faith, or used your faith, or maybe we could also say exercised your faith for the number one thing that anybody would use it for, which is what? Salvation. And you only had to do it one time. It's not like you, you know, go before the Lord every day, Lord, save me, save me. No, he, he saved you when you called upon the name of the Lord. He saved you. So you used your faith for what? For salvation. And through salvation, you received that phenomenal package of eternal life in Christ, forgiveness of sins, and everything that's included through the New Testament or the new covenant that Christ carried out for us through his death, burial, and resurrection and of course his ascension. Praise God. So that is an exercise or usage of your faith to receive what? Salvation. Now you can also use your faith, and I highly recommend that you do, to believe that God will do wonders in your life, to believe that God will do marvelous things in your life, things that are customized, things that are beyond the normal, things that are high, highly above average, praise God, things that are rare, things that would not be the usual course of order. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God, I'm telling you, God can bring such creativity and beauty into your life, but you need to use your faith for it. It's not just going to happen automatically. There are those times where I have some blessings that just come into my life just from the aspect of walking in the blessing, but there are special things that sometimes you have to go out there and you have to pull them in by faith, or they're not going to come. You're going to have to use your faith. And I want you to use your faith that God will do wonders in your life, and that, will, and that God will do marvelous things in your life. Let's see it from the perspective of the New Testament. Praise God. God wants to create a royal destiny in your life praise the Lord, Mm -mm. that should you live your life out to its fullness, and the Lord not return, Christ not return in our lifetime, that when you're done, there's some big shoes to fill, praise God. You have walked a high walk in the Lord, and you have left an impact that still continues to reverberate in the earth, even though you're in heaven. Wow, praise the Lord. I believe that for anybody whose heart is fully given over to the Lord, that when your time comes to leave and go, there is some type of impartation that you leave behind that causes the effect of a dynasty to have been established and continues to make an impact, even though you could be long gone. Praise the Lord. I was reading about the life of one particular saint that lived in the 400s. Stop and think about that. I'm, here I am reading a, I'm reading a story about a guy that lived almost 1,600 years ago. And not just me, people all over the world <laughs> are still reading about uh, one of these individuals. And, uh, and it's not just those who maybe would be classified as church historians. I, I, found a, I found a major article on this person in the Los Angeles Times. And, you know, so you're talking about somebody that did something that, in a sense, slayed his Goliath, established his dynasty through the empowerment of the Spirit that people are still talking about 1,600 years later that showed up in a major article in the Los Angeles Times. This, This is crazy stuff. But yes, God will do it for anybody that will give him their very best, that will give them their life and that you will walk with the Lord and believe Him to do these marvelous things in your life. I'm telling you, God wants to do it. Release your faith. Exercise your faith for God to do it for you, and you'll see it unfold. Now, let's look at a New Testament scripture that also gives validity to this. Ephesians chapter 3. Now, you understand the book of Ephesians. You'll notice it the moment you get into it. From the very first chapter, uh, Paul is writing in a way by the anointing and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit 
where he keeps stacking things higher and higher, where the expression that the, the, it gets so rich that the theologians call it the book or the letter of superlative upon superlative. Just when you think you can't express it in a, in a higher way, yet Paul comes back around and takes you even higher. And we're seeing that really played out in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him, that would be God, who is able to do. Now we know that God is able. I don't think anybody that's a Christian is going to doubt that. I mean, you hear that all the time. Well, God's able, if He's able. And, but they leave it all on God's side. You're going to have to use your faith, because I'm here to tell you today that He is able. But He needs your faith to cooperate with His plan in order to see His power released. Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly. Do you see the superlative? They're being stacked. So He's not just able to do. God's able to do it exceedingly. And he doesn't stop there. And abundantly. See, superlative upon superlative. That's, that's the marvelness. Uh, that's the, the wonder of God. And he wants it in your life. He wants it expressed in your life. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above. So we're stacking higher and higher and higher. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Now, if you start looking at this, like in the Amplified Bible, it starts going off the chart, where you get into the area of of where it's bringing out in the the original Greek that God will do above all that you could dare dare ask, imagine, or or think. And I know some of you have some very creative imaginations of growth and expansion in areas that you would like to see God enlarge your influence and your impact, because you're going to use it for good. Well, God's able to do it, and He's able to do it above and beyond all that we would dare ask, imagine, or think according, now this is very important, according to the the power that works in us. There's been a lot of discussion over the centuries of what is this power that works within us. Let me just tell you what it is, because it's what the Lord told me it, it was one time when I was in prayer. It is the spirit of faith. Praise God. And I, I trust that you've been able to pick that up in today's message. This is not being delivered to you in a spirit of unbelief, a spirit of fear, or a spirit of worry, or a spirit of, you know, we're not going to make it, we're all going to die. No, this message is being ministered to you through what is known in the Word of God as the Word of Faith. And I'm talking to you today, and I'm letting you know that according to the power that works on the inside of you, that power is the spirit of faith. That is what ties you into this exceeding, abundant, above and beyond ability of God to be released in your life. So what you have to do is you have to meditate upon God's Word. We see in Job chapter 5 verse 9 that God can do marvelous things, and He wants to do marvelous things in your life. Those would be things, again, that are extraordinary, that are beyond or out of the common order or method. These are things that are rare. They're not the usual course of things. These are special things that are often customized, and they are highly unusual, and they are far more than what would be expected. They can even be over the top, astonishing. They could even be labeled as sensational. Oh, Pastor Stephen, that's too much. Well, if that's too much, I'm sure there's a level that maybe you could dial the, the glory down a little bit and feel comfortable with. But God will God'll just uh, he'll take you as far as you want to go. And a lot of that has to do with your vision. So we're at a time right now where God is unveiling more of the fullness of your future. He's doing it collectively for the church, but He's also doing it for us as individuals because we are those who comprise the church. And just like David got walloped one day while he was sitting there in the royal palace, and here comes Nathan, and Nathan has just heard from God, and he delivers this mega word, life-altering word, really, and David realizes, oh, this is more than just me having killed Goliath. This is more than me having, you know, just, you know, being identified as the second king of Israel, uh, you know, following after Saul, and this is about me. God wants to work through me to raise up a royal lineage, Woo! Hallelujah! So they actually call it the Davidic line, and Christ came down through the Davidic line. So God had a lot more in the uh, 
the blessing plan, the life plan that he had designed for David than just him sitting on a throne, telling people what to do, you know, drinking grape juice and saying, somebody bring me another, uh, you know, uh, tray of fruit and cheese and uh, some, you know, give me some good salami. No, this is not about just the perks and benefits of being a king. There's stuff going way beyond that. And he saw it when the Lord directly revealed it to him through the prophet and I believe there's prophetic anointing that's flowing right now. And God's going to share some things with you of the, I would call it more of the fullness of his plan. See the apostle Paul in the book of Romans, he told the church there in Rome, he said, when I come to you, I'm coming to you in the fullness of the blessing. So there is a fullness and God wants you to know fullness, praise God. And I believe going into this next year of 2021, there's going to be fullness, praise the Lord. And you're going to see more of the fullness of that plan, and you're going to move towards it. You're going to move towards it, praise God. And it's going to be good. It's all good. And I believe it's, it will touch nations, praise God. See, that's all part of the Abrahamic blessing, going back to the very root of it. We could even call it the lowest common denominator, where God told Abram, whose name which was changed to Abraham, I will bless you, and through you the nations of the earth will be blessed. Now, he didn't just say, now your local community is going to be blessed and prospered, and they'll sing songs about you and write stories about you 200 years from now. He said, no. He said, the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. So, you see multinational. You see an impact being made on a much broader scale. That is our inheritance, and we are tied into that blessing through Christ. So today, I just encourage you, let your vision expand and draw near to the Lord so that you can, you can go over things with the Lord, talk about former prophecies, talk about former uh, directions that you were picking up on by the Holy Spirit. I think you'll see that some things that you were supposed to accomplish actually have been accomplished, and now it's time to move uh, further along in God's plan for your life. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching that they understand that there is something of a royal dynasty that because we are now identified in Christ as all being kings and priests, there is something of royalty in each believer and I pray, Father God, that that be established in the lives of your people, not only in the, what they do now, but also in what they're setting up with the impact on a much broader scale. Father, we give you praise for this. And this is something, Father, that's very serious. It's very real. It's, very, it's a joyful thing. But it's also a sobering thing. We have to really be careful about the way we live our lives because we're touching more than just uh, those that are in the room, so to speak. We're, we're touching a much further uh, area. So, Father, we give you praise. We give you praise and glory. Bless your people. Let them see with prophetic eagle-eye vision. Thank you, Father God. And I, I thank you, Father, there will be those that, just like David heard from a prophet, we know, Father, that in the New Testament, the prophetic ministry is different Back then, prophets could lead and guide, but uh, today, prophets, more it's more of a confirmation. They confirm what we're already picking up in our spirit. So I thank you, Father, there will be those that will receive very confirming prophecies of what you have been revealing to them. And I thank you, Father God, uh, it's coming. It is, it is coming. So we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm not sure if, if some of you saw the meeting I just conducted in Paso Robles, uh, Central California. We had, a, we had a fun meeting right there at the end of the meeting, uh, right when I was just really getting ready to hand the microphone back to the, uh, the pastor over the church. Uh, Kelly said, she, she said, Stephen, why don't you pray for those two young girls standing over there in the corner? I said, okay. And so we called the two young girls to come over. And uh, I just had them both kind of stand before me. And one of them, she was, uh, although I'm ministering in California, she was wearing a sweatshirt that said North Carolina. So I asked her what was up with that. She had just gotten back from North Carolina visiting and, and totally loved the state. And I could understand why. And so she, she was all happy in her heart. And I felt, I felt the Lord would give her a heart's desire right there on the spot. So I said, what is it that you want? 
I said, do you want, you know, what, what, she was a, she was a, a teenage girl, uh, you know, latter teens, still in high school. But uh, I said, what do you want? What do you want from the Lord? So I, I just kind of threw out a couple of things. You want this, you want that. She said, I, no, no, I don't want that. She said, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not real sure. I said, well, just a minute. I said, I said, let me, let me see what it is. And I, I, I could get into over into the spirit very easy because I was already ministering in the spirit and I caught it. I caught it from the Lord. I knew exactly what she would like. And it was something she never had before. I said, okay. I said, I know what it is that you want, that you don't even really know that you fully want it yet. You, you've maybe thought about it, but you really, you really want this. You're going to like it. I said, God's going to give you right now the gift for international travel. And so I prayed that for her. And then uh, I prayed for her friend standing next to her, right around the same age, prayed for her. Now, I prayed for them that they both would travel international. And I said, and you're both going to go to France. You're both going to go to France. And you know, you could, if you're able to watch the video, you'll see it. Would you believe that after the service finished, they went up to Kelly and they said, before the service, while driving to the service, because those two were cousins, we found out later, they were actually talking about how fun it would be to travel international. And wouldn't it be fun to go to France? And they were talking about, wow, it would be fun to go to France. And the Holy Spirit revealed that to me supernaturally. And I prayed that they would both be able to travel and go to France. And, you know, when the Lord's in it, we're going to put the Lord in it. This is, this is more than just sightseeing. This is more than just saying, hey, I saw the Eiffel Tower. This is, I'm on the lookout for hearts that would be open to receive Christ. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. Now, if you're watching today and you're not really sure about your future from the sense that you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, I need to tell you that your true destiny it originates out from Christ. And if you don't know Him, you're never going to hit the mark. And, and also, if you don't know Him, you're journeying through life in, in a sinful state because mankind is in a lost, sinful condition because sin is passed on from generation to generation through the fall of Adam. Anybody in Christ is redeemed from that curse. Christ came as in a symbolic form as a second Adam to fix what the first one messed up. So if you're watching today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, why don't you get your life right with Him today, and then you can step into the true plan, the full plan that God has for your life. Just pray this prayer after me, if that's you and you want to receive Christ. Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you died for sinners. So Jesus, come into my heart, wash all of my sins away. I give my life to you now. I receive you and I take you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Now, let's take Holy Communion today. I believe that God wants to do marvelous things in your life. I believe that God wants to establish what we, what we could call a type of a dynasty in your life. Mm -mm. Could be uh, a natural element to that. Could be a spiritual element to that. But one thing for sure, I believe there's a spiritual element to it. So let's take communion. Let's grab some grape juice. Grab some unleavened bread. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you don't have these little wafers, you get a saltine cracker, something that would suffice. And let's pray over them. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread, the juice. We bless it, Father, in Jesus' name. And we set it apart now as being holy. This is now the body and the blood of Christ. And Father, as we receive the body of Jesus, we thank you for the forgiveness of our sins. And we ask, Father, that if we have committed any sins, that you would forgive us. We ask that uh, you just wash them all away through the blood of Christ. We thank you for that. And Father, we forgive anybody and anyone who has sinned against us. We give you all the praise. Thank you, Father, as we receive Christ's body. We thank you for strength to do 
what you've called us to do. And Father, we choose to use our faith to move forward in your plan for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Let's receive. I really want to encourage you to use your faith and not live a nominal life. Um, it doesn't take much effort to be normal, but to move forward and to touch the Isaiah chapter 54 verses 2 and 3, the expansion. You have to have a hustle, and you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to stretch yourself, and you're going to have to push yourself, praise God. And you're going to have to use your faith the entire wake because the just shall live by faith. But when you do that, you're going to see God do the most marvelous things in response to you reaching out to Him in this way. Praise God. Mm-mm. There's something about that customized. Uh, when God does marvelous things, that, that means also it can be customizable. Something that distinguishes your difference. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Get ready for that. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for pardon from sin. We thank you for eternal life through Christ. We thank you, Father, that in this world we're just to pass them through. But while we're here, we have a job to do. There's a purpose. And Father, we thank you that you're helping us to move into the next, for what would be many, perhaps the next chapter of their life. And Father, it's time to go into the next facet. We give you praise. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's now receive the blood of Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I believe the Lord's going to show you some things. Some things perhaps you picked up on a little bit, but the fullness is now going to come. Just like David had his moment and realized God had a much bigger plan, which was that of a royal dynasty, I believe you're going to get a better perception coming in the days ahead. Praise the Lord. Be prepared for it. Be ready for it. Walk close to the Lord, and it's going to happen to you just like it did for David. God bless you. See you back next time.